Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Thursday. For those that are joining us live, thanks so much for being here. Looking at the names popping up. Thank you so much. Special shout out to Rifka who joined us, who coined the term Navy Zeals. I love it. I think about it. So thank you, Rifka. Weeks charting through. And we have a great opportunity right now as we come to the back end of our week. Tomorrow we'll do Q&A to really work on ourselves a little bit more every day. That's the goal. A little more every single day. We've been talking about the idea of discipline, how powerful it is, how critical it is, and how just increasing our ability to self-regulate can do incredible things for our lives. One little pass on a marshmallow is an, is indicative of a, a way of control that a young kid has over their environment. And that really shows the level of what they can use as they get older throughout their entire lives. So just increasing our ability to be disciplined, to say no, 5%. I'm not to, we're not talking about like, you know, the light switch of going from like undisciplined to incredibly disciplined. We're not talking about like couch potato to Navy SEAL. We're talking about just Let's increase it by 15%. And that could have ripple effects on our entire lives. We spoke yet two days ago about this idea of creating a space between my impulse and my actions, the filter. That friend of yours or that uncle that seems to have no brain filter, you know that guy? Usually it's a guy. It, it becomes sometimes I see it in women when they're very old. Like, as you know, a woman gets older, as everyone gets older, they they start dropping the filter a little bit. But usually, I find maybe you find differently in the younger ages, usually a guy, an uncle, a friend, the guy in the room, that kid in class, no filter, says whatever they want. You're scared when he looks your way, but you love having him in the room. You know that guy? So, there's no filter. It goes from impulse to mouth. And then there's someone who's a little more, you know, mature and they learn that just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean I'm saying it. And the first aspect of dealing with discipline is recognizing that we need to increase as much space as we can between the impulse to do something and actually doing it. And we started to delve into what that looked like. And what it really looks like is not going, <laughs> is what really looks like is not, I'm just reacting to comments as well. What it really, what really looks like is not saying no to the thing in front of me. What it really looks like is saying soon to the thing in front of me. That's a huge difference. When we come at our impulses and say, I'm not doing it, it's such a huge fight. It's such a huge lift that we usually fail. Unless you're a disciplined person, cold turkey doesn't work long-term because we're fighting against ourselves. We're fighting against our own neuroplasticity and we're fighting against our own comfort. Meaning if we think something and we are impulsed to do something, it feels good when we do it. 
it may not feel good in the after effects. So we can't really fight ourselves all the time. Like it's exhausting to fight ourselves. So when we talk about creating a space between in, impulse and action, what we're really trying to say is don't, we're not saying to ourselves, no, we're saying to ourselves tomorrow, I'm going to send the email tomorrow. I got an email from a close friend of mine yesterday who said to me, I saw the show. Have there been emails you haven't sent to me? You know who else sent it to me? Andy thought that too. <laughs> I love you, Andy. And the answer was no, I never had one email that I ever wanted to send to Andy that wasn't positive. But also, honestly, it's because I think personally, when you stop sending emails immediately, your brain starts going like, what's the point? And you start to be able to gain control a little bit, at least of the writing of it. And if you like, I was blessed, I don't know if it's, I was blessed to spend the, the beginning of my life in corporate law, as many of you know. And when you're a corporate first year associate, you're like a glorified, you know, I don't know, you're not a lawyer, that's for sure. So I remember we, we were doing massive cases and I, one of the cases was, you know, um, a fraudulent scandal at a bank. And we went through, you know, every email of the top five executives. So you'd clock in at 9 a.m. in some like basement of the building and they would give you a computer program and you would just click, you know, for, for 12 hours looking at emails. Do that for two months. First of all, if you don't go out of your mind, you win. Second of all, if you do that for two months, you read someone else's emails looking for like the slightest bit of anything. The next time you write an email, you think. But it, it creates a delay. For me, this was massive in my own life as I'm trying to gain control of my own health. Why? Because we have something called Shabbat. In Shabbat, you have a, a mitzvah to, to honor it, even in food, especially in food. We were Jewish. So I would... Anytime I was ever dieting, I would never say no to the thing that I wanted to eat. I would just say in five, four, three, two, I'll eat it on Shabbat. It's massive. It changed the game from I'm never going to have this to just wait a couple days tomorrow. And when you think about the things that are things that we should say no to, whether it's in what to say, whether it's in what to eat, whether it's in what to do, whether it's in taking the break, you're working at something, you're reading something, you're engaged in spirituality, you're engaged in meditation, you're doing something of value and importance. And that thought comes in and says, take a break, it's too much. And we both know that all the gains come after you're exhausted. All the gains that we're looking for come after we're pushing ourselves to the brink because that's where gains come from. It's post the micro tear. And it's not just in muscles, it's in life. And we tell ourselves, ah, I'm done. And then you say, delay it. I'll be done in five minutes. So you're delaying the quitting by five minutes. I'll quit this thing tomorrow. This happens in relationships all the time. A couple before they make a major move will delay it. They'll say, let's give it X more time. And so many times the real technique is to delay. And the reason is because when you delay, what you're really doing is you're quieting your impulse and you're allowing your prefrontal cortex to click in. And then you're allowing more rational thought to come into your mind. But let's go further. 
Because at the end of the day, if what we're really doing is saying the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational part of my mind, needs to dominate over the back end, the limbic system, the impulse center. That means that the more time we have thinking about tomorrow and planning for tomorrow, the more we could manipulate the day so that it overwhelms what we know will be impulsive behavior. For those of you with me from the beginning, remember we spoke about time to think, time to act and how our day is supposed to really be, which is we think for a period of time, then we just go do, then we think and we go do. We're not always overthinking every second. But now when we get through this stuff, we realize how important this is. Because if I'm thinking into the future, this is what separates us from animals, right? Animals can't think into the future. The dog's not thinking like, wait a second, if I play with this bone, what does that mean for my long-term you know, career? Are they going to get rid of me? Like, it, it doesn't work that way. The lion's not like worried about his retirement fund. Animals think here. Humans have the capacity to think towards the future. Now, when we think towards the future, here's how we get messed up. Watch. When we think towards the future, what happens is we assume that because I feel rational today, I am sure when I get to where I'm going to go, I will be me. But we won't be me because when I'm thinking towards the future, this is firing. When I'm in the present, this is firing too. So what, what really trips us up in planning is that we never really plan for a different version of ourselves. Hope everyone's getting this. This is like, when I understood this, it like totally changed me. Like this is one of those insights that when I first understood, it like blew me away. When I think into the future, the Charlie of the future is not the same Charlie right now. Because when I sit at my desk and I plan tomorrow, when I go to bed and I plan the morning, when I think about next week, I am a totally different person. I am a rational, total in control person that has no impulses because it's in the future. That's the research of Dan Ariely. In the future, I always pick the, the right box of chocolates. I'll never make the wrong decision. I'm not irrational in the future. That's why so many times when you look at like those who ever studied um, economics and behavioral economics, you realize that there's a flaw in the system because when someone projects what they want to buy, they're always buying based on their budgets. They're always buying based on what makes sense then. But when they're in the moment, like, yeah, fine, give me one more. And the great marketers understand that they're not playing towards a rational perspective. You don't look at a billboard and you go rash. Oh, rationally, if I buy that car, I get that too. Look at that lifestyle they have. I'm sure if I just buy the thing, I'm going to have all of the lifestyle. Marketing companies don't play to your rational sense. They play to your impulse. They want you to look at it and go, oh, I need that. I don't know why that's connected to that girl or that thing or that house, but just buy, I, got, I should get that. So when we're projecting into the future, we're projecting two different people. There's me here. There's future me who's amazing. Future me is amazing. I'm humble and I'm going to be kind and I'm rational. And 
but present me when I'm there in the present and I'm tired and I'm hungry and I didn't realize that the commute was longer. I say this all the time. I don't know if Mindy's on. Mindy's my assistant. God bless her. I tell her all the time if I got calls or books, I'm like, just pack it into my travel. Back in the old days when like um, I used to travel on planes. Remember the days? I used to travel. There was a time where I was on a plane every week. So I used to schedule my phone calls. I'm thinking like I'm on a TSA line. Like what else am I doing? I'll talk to somebody. Right, I'm sitting in an airplane. What am I doing? Like, I'll just read in, right? And I pack in my the traveling so that I can get so much more done. And then I get there and I make like no calls. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I'm exhausted because the TSA line's exhausting. It is. And traveling is exhausting. And I didn't realize that I was waiting in line for an extra hour and they delayed the flight. And I didn't, I didn't realize that there'd be no food. What happened? rational Charlie who's planning a week out is like, yeah, I mean, like I'll, I'll nail my whole, but the actual person that's walking through the TSA line and waiting online and waiting for my zone to get called and getting into my seat and getting up that guy's much tireder. If that's even a word, much more tired than the guy who's planning it a week earlier. So I got two different people and it always blows up unless I realize that when I have to plan, I have to assume that I'm going to be more rational than I think. I'm going to be more impulsive than I think. That's how you plan. For those of you who are in business, this is the secret to investing. Whenever you have a deal brought in front of you, whenever someone gives you an opportunity and they don't plan for the downside, you know there's a problem. Whenever someone says, we're going to, let's assume you have a building, we're going to make this much rent and then this much rent and this much rent and this much rent. You're like, wow, everything is just up. You know, the guy doesn't know how to get, you, you right away know that person doesn't know the business. There's no plan for the downside. But really where planning starts to go to the next level, really, if you want to talk discipline, and this is like, forget it. It's being able to plan the future with the understanding that I will be impulsive. I will act irrationally. And I need to plan not to get the thing. I need to plan to get the thing with my impulsivity, with my limbic system going out of their minds. And if you can use your future thinking, your imagination to account with this firing, this hot system firing, now you're in a whole new level of planning. Now you've taken your thinking to the, to the next level. So let me give you an example. Wake up in the morning. In Dan Ariely's presentation, he, 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 he did a couple of things that I thought was awesome. He showed some new products out there that I've never seen, but apparently in his world, it's there. There's two products that he showed on the screen. I think he gave a TED talk about this. There's two products that he showed on the screen. One was a clock that when the clock goes off, there's two wheels. As soon as the clock goes off, the clock sort of like moves. So it jumps off the, 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 the dress and just goes around the room. The second thing was a clock that is connected to your bank account. You, you put in your bank information and you could identify a charity that you wanna give money to automatically. If you hit snooze, 
it immediately sends the money to a charity. And he said the following, if you really want to get up in the morning, you don't just set your clock for like arms distance because now you're not factoring in impulsivity. You're not remembering that every other time the clock goes off in the morning, you hit snooze. If you really want to get up in the morning and you plan for it, that clock that you bought moves it away and you can't find it. Or what he spoke about, which is the clock that is connected to your bank account, you put in the worst charity, the charity that you you hate, that is the opposite of your views, let's say. Think of a charity that is antithetical to you and a donation. So if you hit snooze, you're donating money to whatever, the terrorist fund. And what that does is now it factors in today the way I'm going to really be like in the morning. Right? I did this to myself many times, many times. If I have to get up and, you know, I've got all these sleep apps that wake me up and whatever it is. But sometimes I'm just in a, whatever, I'm going a bit really late. Simple. You move your alarm clock to the other side of the room. Why? Because I know I'm going to reach for it. And I can't find it and it's going to go off. And I sleep with other people in my room. And I don't want my wife to get up when I get up. So I have to get up and find it. And now I'm planning for my impulsivity. Can't wake up in the morning. I have a friend of mine who wanted to be healthier. And he never could do anything. So he joined, he hired a, a trainer. What he did was he realized, well, he went to the gym first. And he kept on blowing it off. So he hired a trainer. And I once asked him, I said, what does a trainer do for you? And he's like, not much. I'm like, really not much. I mean, he's got so, like when he started, he now he looks amazing. But like when he started, he had so far to go that like, it was just like exercise something. He's like, I pay him the trainer just because I know I'm paying him. So now I have to get up because I care about money more than I care about my health. So when the alarm comes off, I'm like, shoot, I don't want to get up, forget it. I'm like, oh wait, but I'm already paying the guy. And he dragged, so he's factored in. I'm going to be impulsive in the morning. So I got to do something that's going to override my impulsivity of sleeping. So paying a guy to wait for me in a gym will get me up in the morning. Happens when it comes to studying. Those who want to study more, especially spirituality. You make a study partner early in the morning. There's so many things that we can do in our lives to structure in the protection against impulsivity. Sign up to teach a course that you want to learn about. Schedule meetings at a time that you have to get up for. If you are dealing with people that are challenging, identify positive meetings in the calendar so that you never have to reach that end of the quarter fight. If you need money, deduct it from your account automatically to another account so you never have to pull it out at the end of a month because you never because you know you're going to spend it. Don't bring your credit cards with you when you go shopping if you have a problem. Don't go to a supermarket hungry when you overbuy. 
Do you know how many times in my life when I was really struggling with making sure I eat healthy, I would literally eat before weddings. Because if you go to a Jewish wedding, they care more about stuffing you than anything else. And I knew I would lose it. Let's think about this. We're all creative people. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. Tomorrow is Q&A. Send me some of your, send me some of your ideas. I'll read this tomorrow. Send me some of your ideas. Let's do this together. Every one of us, and I'm sure if you think of something, it'll help somebody else out. Think about one area in your life that you want to change that you just can't say no to. You just can't say no to it. And as much as you want to change it, you put it in your journal, you get there and you're like, ah, forget it. And see if you can structure here what they call a social contract, a way towards the future that includes that you will be impulsive and already solves the problem before the problem comes on. That's how we start to use our brains against our brains. It's just a computer. Use the front of the computer to beat the back of the computer. All right. Tell me what you think. Questions tomorrow, charlie at charlierari.com. I'll do my best to read them. Um, and uh, we'll keep on chugging ahead with God's help. All right. Thanks so much for joining today. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.